The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Coast. We go to the MGM National Harbor and BetMGM Sportsbook and Lounge for our weekly hookup with the man, Warren Sharp, our lead NFL analyst. Tonight, Warren, the Ravens go down to the Gulf Coast to hook up with Tom Brady at Raymond James, and the entire Bucks team is injured, literally almost at every position. I've never seen anything like it. On top of the fact that they've been playing horrendous football, They lost to the Steelers and Panthers consecutively and looked terrible doing it. What do you think of this game tonight, my man? Good to see you. Yeah, great to see you as well. I think this game's going to be really fascinating from a matchup perspective and from a coaching perspective. And we'll start with what are the Bucks going to do offensively here? Because the Bucks have struggled the last two weeks. You just indicated that. And they've struggled against some defenses that are mediocre. They struggled against offenses that stink. And now they're going up against the Baltimore Ravens. This team typically will want to try to run the football. They've tried to run the football before, and against the Baltimore Ravens, that's how you're going to want to take on the Ravens. The Ravens are a run-funnel team. They have a bottom-10 run defense, but have an above-average pass defense. So you want to try to run the ball against them. But Leonard Fournette can't run the ball, and this Bucks team is not opening holes for this rushing attack. And actually, they rank dead last in the NFL since week two at yards per carry for their running backs. They just aren't good. So are they going to try that approach, which is what maybe most teams should be doing against the Ravens? Or are they going to say, we can't run the ball, so now we're going to have to pass it into the teeth of what the Ravens are good at, which is their pass defense, especially considering Calais Campbell is not going to be up for Baltimore. Maybe it does get a little bit easier. So I'm not really sure what approach we're going to see out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense here because I've been very disappointed in their play calling and their coaching staff and their decision making from all of those respects and then you do look at Tom Brady and you know from from that side of the football I'll add this is a guy who is now on short rest he's older and he has to get his body all ready to go on a Thursday night without as many days to prepare it's going to be a challenge for him to do that in my opinion on such a short week but the money clearly is coming in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it's actually coming in on the over as well which indicates to me as you mentioned at the top how injured this Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary is but I'm the the news that I'm really waiting on is Mark Andrews I don't see how this game is being bet to the over without Mark Andrews being up Uh, but last week he played even though he was on the injury report leading into the game he did not catch a single pass And a lot of people are making a massive deal about that. The one thing I'll caution is JOK for the Cleveland Browns was basically drafted to do one thing, and that's cover tight ends and really help erase guys like Mark Andrews from the Ravens' attack. And he did a great job. They had a great game plan last week against covering Mark Andrews. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense stinks. It's like 29th against opposing tight ends. So if Mark Andrews is up for this game, I actually think he will be targeted some, and he'll have some success. They're going to need it because when the Bucks blitz, which they do at an above-average rate, Lamar Jackson tends to target his tight ends at a way higher than average rate, and that's going to be opportunities for Mark Andrews. So it's really critical for this game that Mark Andrews is up. Well, I got to tell you, uh, I have never seen, you know, in his career, Tom Brady looked this bad. I mean, he is throwing balls into the ground, and 
And there are people talking about, by the way, we welcome all of our radio affiliates, Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline USA. Good to have you with us on Coast to Coast. We're talking to lead NFL analyst Warren Sharp from the MGM National Harbor, per usual, on a Thursday. Now, getting back to what I was saying about Brady, uh, I not only has he been throwing the ball into the ground, like I'm like, what is happening here? I mean, it's just constant. He's just throwing balls into the ground. He can't get anybody open. He's got Mike Evans dropping touchdown bombs. And there's people talking about him being like not there, like he's not interested. Like he doesn't look like he's wanting to play. Are you seeing indications of this from Tom Brady? Are you seeing the beginning of the end? Or are you seeing he's already finished? Well, I don't know that he's finished. I think he's too proud to just check out completely midseason. I think it would tarnish his legacy and that's something that he really cares about more than anything. I, you could say he keeps coming back for the love of the game, but he's already climbed all the mountains that you would need to climb. I think he's coming back for his, you know, his name to be just mentioned forever in these record books. And I'm, I'm thinking that if he struggles here to close out the season, it really is going to put a lot, put a lot of question marks, um, not on what he's done in his career, but just like the way that he ended things. So I don't think he's completely checked out. I just think that it is like we talked about last week, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, these guys that are used to operating at the pinnacle of their career, now having to deal with worse wide receiver talent, worse pass blocking, worse game, support in the run game, and they're having to do more than they ever had before when they're physically not as there to be able to do it and they don't have the support from their teammates, I just think it is a challenge. Uh, but that's why I want to see really how he comes out in this game um, and performs. I've been trying to find a reason to get on the Baltimore Ravens and I just need to see whether or not Mark Andrews is going to be up for this game. I just don't understand how all this money you're talking about, you said it, I saw it today, I saw the line change dramatically from a few days ago and how it's going all Tampa's way. I don't understand. Everyone's injured. They play terrible and everyone's betting on them. I just don't get it more with Warren Sharp. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. We're at the BetMGM Sportsbook and Lounge at the MGM National Harbor with our lead NFL analyst, Warren Sharp. Don't forget, you can place a single first basket score bet on any NBA game up to a $25 risk-free play. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and you'll be styling like the big ticket. You got to love that. A $25 risk-free first basket score bet on any NBA game. You are in like Flynn. All right, uh, Warren, 
Let's pick it up with uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. The Broncos are going to London to hang out with the Jags. Yeah, I don't know. This game is going to be fascinating. The Jaguars have gone there more, and Doug Peterson has experience being there with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, if not now, when? What's going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars squad here? Uh, they continue to disappoint. Thankfully, I wasn't on them pre-flop and before the season started. Uh, but this team still cannot get over the hump. It feels like they've got enough talent. They went out and spent a lot of money in free agency. It was supposed to make an immediate impact. And yet, they are not just clicking on all cylinders. They're having struggles along the way, whether it's defense one week, offense one week, key plays here, not uh, connecting on a touchdown there, um, and it's costing them. You had the ETN fumble running into the end zone against the New York Giants last week that definitely cost the team. You had them on their final drive get down to the two-yard line before they were stopped, uh, and a touchdown there would have won them the game. Just a lot of close, disappointing losses for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the excuses are done with this. They're now going up against a Russell Wilson, potentially Russell Wilson-led Denver Broncos team that is struggling left and right, and there's talk about Nathaniel Hackett potentially getting fired after this game. Um, it remains to be seen whether or not that's going to happen, but this, this team should, I, I expect, that they will have some success. I like Cortland Sutton in this game. He should have some success against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. But I'm looking for another kind of lower scoring game. But the problem is I'm not willing to bet the under. There's not enough value in the number for my model. And secondly, these games over in London have been seeing a little bit of points. The surface there has been pretty conducive to them going back and forth and scoring a little bit. But I just can't get behind this Denver Broncos team, even if Russell Wilson, Wilson is doing calisthenics on the plane over there and waking up his teammates during the middle of the night. <laughs> Yo, Warren, is that what you do on the uh, private jet when you're flying back to Vegas? You, you do some leg calisthenics, some leg knee highs, all that? Or, I mean, are you playing poker? What no. are you doing? No, I'm. I'm either working on my model and my numbers and my reading and my research, or I'm sleeping. There, there's no exercise for me. I need more exercise in my life, but there's not enough hours in the day. You're too good at what you do, Warren, to spend any time with something as frivolous as exercise. Trust me when I tell you. Uh, Carolina and Atlanta at the Benz in Hot Town. What do you think of that puppy? Yeah, this game's really interesting. I actually like the Carolina Panthers here a little bit. Um, and let me share why. When you go with a young quarterback on the road, one of the worst things you can do, we talked about this last week when we were backing the Seattle Seahawks on the road in L.A. versus the Chargers, you need to keep this quarterback protected. You cannot allow him to be pressured and throw off the passing game and then have to be completely one-dimensional by relying on your run game. Well, guess what? The Atlanta Falcons have the lowest pressure rate of any team in the NFL. They're not going to get after the quarterback. So I think there's going to be opportunities for P.J. Walker to come out here and stay upright in the pocket and beyond that to have success when he passes the football. We saw what he did last week. This Atlanta Falcons defense is even more beaten up in the secondary than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was last week and they had less talent to begin with. They're without two starting cornerbacks. They're without their starting safety who got a concussion last week and Arthur Smith has already ruled him out for this game and that gives a lot of upside for P.J. Walker here through the air to actually have some success. The Atlanta Falcons are dead last in opposing quarterback completion rate. I think it's at like uh, 71%. P.J. Walker his expected completion percentage on his passes is at 72%. That's one of the highest rates of any quarterback in the NFL, granted limited sample size. But the point remains, he should have some success here. And then you look at the flip side, what is the Carolina Panthers the best at defensively? It's stopping the run. They rank number 13 on the season against the run. They played the sixth toughest schedule of opposing rushing attacks. Atlanta doesn't really want to throw the football all that much, even when they're getting blown out. They're hardly throwing the football. So you know what you're going to get. A lot of running that's going to be easier for a Carolina to prepare for. And in addition, you got this element that Marcus Mariota could run the football. But you know what else is wild? The Carolina Panthers run defense allows the lowest yards per carry to opposing quarterbacks on the season. And you might say, well, that's easy. They haven't played any quarterbacks, maybe. Well, actually, they played Daniel Jones, who just ran for over 100 yards last week. And they've gone up against 
since Kyler Murray as well. So two of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league, at least this season, they've already played, and they're still allowing the lowest yards per carry. So if they're going to be able to limit what the Atlanta Falcons offense does, if P.J. Walker doesn't make mistakes, I think there is upside here for Carolina, whether you look to back them in the first half at plus three or the full game at, I think it's plus four now, but it was some four and a halfs out there. And it's obviously come down as sharp money has come in on the Carolina Panthers this week. What did you think when you saw them kicking the Buccaneers' ass? Well, I was shocked, like everybody else was. I mean, I do think the game is a little bit different. If Mike Evans doesn't drop that touchdown, as we discussed at the top of the hour, uh, that was just a complete botch play, lack of concentration on his part. It was a great pass from Tom Brady. Uh, But I I was very surprised. This defense is balling out and playing pretty well right now. Um, And I think they are going to be a good match for uh, this Atlanta Falcons offense. All right, let's talk about uh, the Bears and Dallas in Jerry's world. Dak came back, had easy work against the Lions, got the win. But more impressively was what the Bears did on the ground and even Fields throwing the ball. I thought he made several nice 15 to 20 yard strikes when he needed him in that game in in Gillette and he ran the ball per usual you know uh, Deacon guys breaking ankles getting first downs uh, scoring touchdowns I thought Fields played his best game as a pro if you ask me I couldn't believe it I took the Bears in the eight and a half in Foxborough what they did to me was more impressive can they do it again in Arlington well When you have a lot of plays that are out of structure, oftentimes some of that stuff is repeatable. It's hard to bank on it, but yes, it could happen again. The difference though fundamentally is this Patriots defense for years now, and this year is no different, struggles with running quarterbacks. Mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, which is why Justin Fields after the game said, we tried to replicate a lot of what Lamar had done against this defense. Bill Belichick's defense just always struggles with mobile quarterbacks. We saw it when like Colin Kaepernick was scoring points on him. Like every mobile quarterback that goes up against Bill Belichick, they have trouble with. Just like almost like, you know, Nick Saban, you know, for years with the Alabama team when they were going up against more mobile quarterbacks in the era where it was all pocket passing quarterbacks for the most part. So I think that now that Justin Fields is having to do it against a speedy, quick defense like Dan Quinn uh, and, and Micah Parsons and all the guys that they have down there, I think it is going to make it much more difficult. I also think that Dallas's offense isn't going to look quite as good as it did in the fourth quarter against the Lions because the Lions defense is terrible. But they are going to look better overall because they aren't going to have that first half where Dak Prescott is trying to shake a lot of rust off. And there was a lot of rust on Dak Prescott to start this game. Uh, He played really well, but there was just some of the rust, and we saw it especially on third downs. We're on third down. I think they only converted one out of four pass attempts. He was sacked a couple of times as well. They need to be better on third down, but I think this last week helped shake some of that rust off, and I think that they will perform better. I don't have a dog in this fight. You know, I don't see enough value to lay it with the Cowboys or to take it with the Bears, um, but I'm interested to see how both of these teams perform. I got to tell you, uh, the Bears' defense has, in the second half of games, as you know, they're allowing nothing. They're allowing like six points in average every game through the first several games they played here and they you know three and four they finally win a big game but they're not allowing any points in the second half you play defense like that you're going to win games when we come back the lion's share warren's got some big games to talk about sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Know your prey. This is a whole new jungle. This is The Lion's Share. Brought to you by BetMGM. Where I told you uh, in previous weeks that uh, Warren Sharp is chased by thousands of fans, mostly 90% women, that chase him from the parking lot to the sports book. It's become a massive problem. So in honor of that, the MGM has decided on a different approach. They airlift Warren in now in a uh, copter. They land on top of the National Harbor MGM, and he comes in through a Elvis-type escalator down to the sports book where he has been less harassed by all of the females chasing him around the casino. He can barely get to the set location, but we finally figured it out. There's all a, right, Warren. There's a great deck outside there. The outdoor area here uh, for entertaining is awesome outside. Uh, great views as well. So that's exactly where they dropped me off. And then I just, you know, walk a short distance to where we are. You got it all figured out. All right, San Francisco and the Rams. You were telling me about a key player here uh, that's going to have a factor in this one. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize how impactful Kyle Juszczyk is. And people say, oh, well, yeah, he's a fullback. I, I get it. Um, and he carries the ball sometimes. But what, is he going to be a factor in the run game? Well, no, he's actually a massive loss for the San Francisco 49ers in the passing game. We went back to 2019, and we saw what Kyle Juszczyk did in 2019. That's the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. The first five weeks, he played. And when this team passed the ball, from 21 or 22 personnel when he was up there, plus .61 EPA per attempt and 70% success. But when he was not in the lineup, during the weeks he was healthy, and they passed out of 11, which is three wide receivers, or 12, which is two tight ends, the passing attack was nowhere close to what it was when he was on the field and they were passing out of 21 personnel, or 22. Then they lost Kyle Juszczyk for four weeks, from week six to nine. And this passing attack did not come close to replicating the efficiency that it had when he was out there and they were passing the ball with him out on the field. The numbers were a little bit better than what they were from 11 or 12 personnel when he was there, but they don't come close to what they were when he was on the field from 21 and 22. And now we're in the 2022 season and look at these numbers and how similar they are to what happened in 2019. When he's out on the field and they are passing with a fullback on the field, plus 0.28 EPA and 56% success, the passing is terrible from 11 or 12 personnel this season in comparison. What it does is illustrate to you, and I love the graphics, they threw them up perfectly. This illustrates to you at home how impactful he is from what he makes other defenses do. When he's out on the field, defenses have to play a certain way. They have to utilize certain personnel out on the field. And with him not being there, it's easier for defenses to figure out what's coming. It's going to be 11 or 12, and we can understand whether it might be a pass or a run. I'm worried about the way that Kyle Shanahan is going to operate this offense and call things offensively. We also may be without Debo Samuel here. So this is a game, historically, that Kyle Shanahan has absolutely wiped the floor with his you know, stepbrother, uh, Matt LaFleur. They've actually dominated 
I'm sorry, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay. He's absolutely dominated Sean McVay in this series. And Kyle has been coaching the most injured team in the NFL during this span. And McVay has been coaching the healthiest team in the NFL during this span. But it has not mattered. We'll see if the absence of Juszczyk does end up factoring in or catching up with them. Uh, but this is it's just structurally, Scott, the way that this Niners team is built. What they like to do offensively and the personnel they have matches up really well against this San Francisco uh, uh, LA Rams defense and conversely the 49ers defense matches up really well against that offense which is why they've won so many of these games but this week's going to be a test without use check out there well there's no doubt and it's fascinating stuff Warren and I got to tell you when they when they dump it underneath to him or out in the flat and he gets the ball I mean every time he gets 9 10 11 12 yards the guy just rips through people runs on people steps on their face uh, stays in bounds, gets another three yards, diving after he's hit. You're right. He is a fascinating piece of Shanahan's offense, and I think Jimmy G loves releasing to him when he's got stress. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. That's really incredible stuff you're, and insight you're giving us. All right, Pat's coming to Snoopy in East Rutherford, off of a game against the Bears, taking on a smoking hot Jets team that lost Brees Hall. They trade for Robinson. They got Carter and Robinson now taking turns in that Jets backfield. Yeah, so we've always said how good Tom Brady is off of a loss when he was playing in New England. It was like just printing money. Anytime you could, if they lost a game, just bet on the Patriots the very next week. Well, the reality is the last year and a half, this team is 6-4 and four off of a loss, 7-3 and three ATS. Doesn't sound that great, but... Four of those games were against either Josh Allen, Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers. We were talking about Hall of Fame quarterbacks around. Zach Wilson is not a Hall of Fame quarterback, and when they're not playing a Josh Allen, a Tom Brady, or an Aaron Rodgers, off of a loss with Mac Jones, this team has gone 6-0 ATS, sorry, 6-0 straight up, 5-1 ATS, and they're winning these games by an average score of 33-10. to This New York Jets offense is passing the ball at a lower rate than expected in every one of their last four games with Zach Wilson being out there. And it's in part because he's performing terribly. Out of 32 quarterbacks, he's 32 in success rate, 30 in completion rate, bottom five in a lot of other critical metrics. And so they've been running the ball a lot more. But when you look at the drop-off between Brees Hall and the rest of his running backs, whether it's Carter or Robinson, Carter's been running in the same behind the same offensive line. Brees Hall is like top five in the NFL out of 42 running backs in explosive run rate, in yards before contact per rush, in all the key metrics, EPA per rushing attempt. Michael Carter's been down at the bottom five, bottom ten. And Robinson is actually not that much better than Carter in those metrics, though running behind a different offensive line. So I don't think they're going to have anywhere near the upside or efficiency out of their run game that they've been leaning on since Zach Wilson has been struggling, has been starting for them. And you look at the... The fact that the New England Patriots, this defense, has played the number one most difficult offenses in the NFL. We talked about how Bill Belichick's defense struggles against mobile quarterbacks when we were talking about the Cowboys game. Well, guess what? Now he's going up against Zach Wilson. He should have more success stopping Zach Wilson passing the ball, and this Jets offense is nowhere near one of those top offenses that Bill Belichick's team has consistently had to go up against defensively. On the other side of the ball, we talk about this Jets defense ranking top 10, and yes, that's true, they are. But look at some of these quarterbacks that they've had this four-game winning streak. They've gone up against backup Brett Rippon, third stringer Skylar Thompson, Mitchell Trubisky, who then was benched mid-game for Kenny Pickett, and Green Bay with their struggling passing attack. So, like, yes, it's impressive. You can't downgrade them because they played bad quarterbacks, but you can put it into context. I think Mac Jones, they're going to have a very good game plan here. They screwed this kid last week. I did not like what they were saying before the game about are we going to start him? Are we, are we going to play him? Are we going to pull him? How are we going to split uh, split reps? It was a terrible strategy. They're going to have a great game plan offensively. I think the New England Patriots go in here. They win this game outright. I like the Patriots on the money line. Wow. Uh, all right. What about the Giants? They've had a ton of success as well, and they did win in Jacksonville. I bet them. I bet the Jets in Denver. I bet the Giants in Jacksonville, and they both won outright. Now they go to the Pacific Northwest to take on Geno Smith and a tough Seahawks team that surprised everybody. Yeah, look, I've liked the Giants. I've been riding with the Giants. This team, 
5 and 0 uh, straight up as dogs first time that's happened in the NFL I think in the first 7 weeks in history uh, but this is a team that now has got to be re weary from all their travels. They go to London, they come back home, they play a game, they go to Jacksonville, they come back home, now they're going out to Seattle. I mean, we're not just talking about cross-country Florida and Seattle. We're talking about around the globe. This team is traveling in the last four games. They finally have a bye next week where things can catch up for them a little bit from a rest perspective. But this team lost a couple offensive linemen last week. They lost their starting tight end. They didn't have an, a lot of talented players to begin with. And a couple of the reasons why I was worried about Jacksonville last week was the defensive wink. He blitzes a ton, that gets a lot of pressure, and he plays a lot of man coverage. And what did we say last week? Trevor Lawrence is one of the most sensitive quarterbacks to pressure, and he's also one of the worst against man coverage. Well, what is Geno Smith? He's the anti-Trevor Lawrence. He is the best quarterback in the NFL against pressure, and he's the best quarterback in the NFL against man coverage. He absolutely destroys man coverage. When he's pressured, he ranks as one of the best in the league, uh, top five in basically every single metric. He's outstanding against man coverage. So it's going to be interesting to see how Wink dials up these blitz after blitz after blitz and how much pressure he's going to get here. The other thing I'll note that I didn't talk about last week is the New York Giants, yes, they get a lot of pressure, but it's not because they're efficient pressuring quarterbacks. You say, well, how could that compute? Well, they actually rank bottom 10 in the NFL in pressure rate when they blitz, and they rank bottom 10 in the NFL in pressure rate when they don't blitz. But the simple fact is, when you blitz, you're going to get pressure at a higher rate than when you don't blitz. And because they blitz so frequently, they have more quarterback dropbacks that have pressure because purely of their blitz rate, not because they're efficient at doing it, which is why I think there's going to be opportunities for Geno to throw the football here at times. And then when you look at the ground game, which there might be a little bit of weather out here and some rain, this Giants team is allowing 2.5 yards before contact per rush attempt. That not only ranks worst in the NFL this year, it's the worst since 2015. And we've got a rushing attack in the Seattle Seahawks that's going to have a lot of success on the ground here. They also have the better run defense. I think Seattle is able to win this game. We haven't been able to trust them as a favorite very often because they haven't been a favorite this year. They've been that dog that we've been able to bet on and have success with like we did last week and earlier in the season. But I think this is a good spot that they are going to be able to cover this short number and the Giants, things are finally going to catch up with them a little bit. And Walker has been unbelievable. When he busted off that 75-yard run last week, it was lights out for the Chargers at SoFi. Seattle was very impressive. When we come back, we'll hit the Raiders and Saints in New Orleans, Miami at Detroit at Ford Field, and a bunch of other games with our lead analyst, Warren Sharp. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. I'm what you might call very good at hide and seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. On 
in New York City. We go back to the MGM National Harbor where lead analyst Warren Sharp is styling. A uh, gigantic story now uh, hitting uh, is that uh, Jamar Chase is going to end up allegedly on IR. They're saying he's going to be out four to six weeks with a hip injury. And we'll certainly uh, talk about that uh, when we break down the Bengals and Cleveland Monday nighter. But Warren, we're at the point of uh, the Raiders and Saints game in New Orleans at, at this juncture. Why don't you start with what you think the Raiders will do on the streets against Dalton and the Saints? They're sticking with Dalton at quarterback. I, I haven't the foggiest reason why after those two pick six hizzies that cost him last week. They did. I guess they just feel like uh, he's more consistent. Those pick sixes, obviously, notwithstanding. But let's let's start talking about the Raiders in their streets, as you alluded to. I think they're going to have a lot of success here offensively. Um, do you realize that the Raiders' offense right now is the second best offense in the NFL at converting first downs on early downs? Only the Chiefs are better. I mean, but nobody's really talking about how strong the Raiders have been in that regard. If you look back to the Denver Broncos, the talk is always Denver Broncos' offense stinks. Yes. But their defense is very good, and their defense has held every single team to less than 20 points, 19 points or fewer. And they're, we're talking about them playing teams like the Chargers offense, the Seahawks offense, uh, the San Francisco 49ers offense. This Broncos team has held all those teams down. You know who scored more than 19 points? This team of the Raiders, they not only scored more than 19, they didn't even just score into the 20s. They scored over 30 points, and it could have been more, except for them settling for a few field goals. This is a legitimate offense, and now they're going up against, for my money, one of the worst defenses in the NFL from what we saw last year to what we're seeing this year. I mean, this team cannot pressure the quarterback, which is what should really help Derek Carr because he does struggle under pressure. This team cannot stop running backs. They're allowing too many yards before contact, and their success rate is terrible. And guess what? That's music to Josh Jacobs' ears, who's putting together one of the best seasons for a running back that we've seen recently. They're number one in EPA in terms of his rushes. Uh, he's been outstanding on the ground. And that's just going to be a massive problem for this Saints defense. When you look at the Saints offense, though, I think having Alvin Kamara back has helped them. They have been productive. This Raiders team, they've been decent against the run. But look at some of the rushing def uh, offenses that have gone up against them. The, the Raiders haven't really played very many good rushing attacks. And the Saints rank number three in rushing efficiency this season. And then you talk about passing the ball to Kamara. The Raiders rank 25th defending running back passes. And the Raiders also rank dead last where it's going to hurt them the most here, and that's inside of the red zone. They give up the most touchdowns per red zone trip of any team in the NFL. Now you're going up against the Saints. They have like the Swiss Army knife of Taysom Hill. They also have so many different players that can do so many different things. Their running backs can run. Their running backs can catch out of the backfield. They've got tight ends. They've got this Taysom Hill who can throw the ball. He can run it. They've got wide receivers. They just have so many things they can do. It's no wonder they're one of the best red zone offenses. I think they're going to be able to convert enough inside of the red zone. I think the Raiders offense is going to be efficient enough over most of the field against this bad Saints defense that's, that's worse than what people are expecting and what they remember from last year. And I just think that this game is going to go over the total. And that's what I like here. Well, and so at the very least, so the Saints have all this capability offensively and defensively, they've been so porous. So that's why they suck is because of their defense. It's not because of what they can do in the red zone or their offense or Dalton. It's just that the defense is worthless. That's about the gist of it, right? Well, they, they, they've had injuries at the wide receiver position. They've been down players. We still don't know yet. Are we going to have Michael Thomas? Are we going to have Jarvis Landry? I don't think either of them practice today. But Chris Olave has stepped up in their absence. Uh, James, uh, sorry, Juwan Johnson, a tight end, has been outstanding. Uh, they've had success at some of these guys stepping up, but they just don't have their full complement. And they've been without Alvin Kamara for a, a couple of games earlier this season. So um, there's a lot of reasons, plus some of the interceptions that these quarterbacks are throwing in bad situations, uh, why the Saints team hasn't won more games. But their defense obviously has been consistently bad over much of the season. All right, Miami and Detroit at Ford Field. Let's do this one next. Look, 
We just saw Tua, and we saw Tua being micromanaged by his head coach in the second half. I think they were so scared of what could happen once they got the lead and saw the Steelers, your Steelers were doing nothing but punt the ball, punt the ball, punt the ball in the second half, that they just decided, let's just turtle up ourselves, and they reverted back to a lot of first down runs, which did nothing, early downs runs, which did nothing, because the Steelers actually have a somewhat decent run defense. When the Dolphins came out to start the game and were passing the ball, they had a ton of success offensively. They moved it down the field for three scoring drives. Uh, two of them settled it for field goals. They built the lead, and they got out of Dodge, tried to end the game. Now you're going up against a Detroit Lions defense that is the worst in the NFL, second worst in the NFL overall defense. They're terrible in a number of different metrics. And Tua's played nothing but above average defenses. The Steelers ranked 14th in his first three weeks. He played three top 10 defenses. Finally, he gets to go up against a bad defense here. It's also a defense that does a lot of what he sees in practice. He sees a defense, his own Dolphins defense, plays a lot of man coverage and blitzes a lot. That's exactly what this Lions defense does too. The problem is you can't play a lot of man coverage against this Dolphins offense. The Patriots and the Ravens tried to play a lot of man coverage the first couple of weeks of the season and Tua absolutely obliterated them. I'm talking like 19 to 21, he threw four touchdown passes on those 21 pass attempts, averaged over 10 yards per attempt. And from that point onward, teams stopped playing a lot of man coverage against this team. Well, so what are the, Dol uh, what are the Lions going to do? They're sort of in a pickle here. If they play man, I think the Dolphins receivers are going to terrorize them with their speed. If they try to play zone, it's something that they don't usually do, and they're not very good at it. They tried to play more zone against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. It went terribly. They tried to play more zone against Carson Wentz and Washington, and though the Lions won the game, they allowed Carson to throw for three touchdowns and produce one of his best days of the season. So, for all these reasons, I think it's a bad matchup for the Detroit Lions defense. I am curious to see how they do offensively, especially if they get Amon Ross St. Brown back. I think that's going to be a massive addition. He does not even have a concussion, but he's in the concussion protocol. He's practicing on a limited basis. Figure that one out for me, Scott. I have no idea what's going on there, but he should be up for this game. And if he plays in this game because he doesn't actually have a concussion, it's going to be the first time that he might play the full game healthy since week three of the season. He makes a big difference for this offense and is going to help DeAndre Swift, who's also back on the ground because they'll be able to spread the field more with three receiver sets. Well, let's uh, see what you think of this Arizona game in Minnesota. The Vikings looking to go 4-0 at U.S. Bank in Minneapolis. Yeah, I don't have a ton here. The only thing I can say is I love the Vikings before the season. I should have bet more on them to win this division, but I love them going over their win total. But the reality is I think I, who is a fan of them this season, as well as anybody else who's been rooting for this team knows, like they should not have this record. They should have dropped some of the games along the way. They're not to the extent of the New York Giants, but this is a team that has been fortunate to be where they are right now. Now they're coming off of a bye against the Arizona Cardinals. When do we like to bet the Arizona Cardinals? It's not when they play at home. It's when they play on the road. Forget all those distractions. We've talked about it before. Cliff messing around at home before the game. I'm not sure what's going on there. They aren't as focused. They aren't as crisp. But when they go on the road, they play a lot better. And I'm wondering if the Arizona Cardinals, they're not going to be a very popular team in this spot. But catching the three and a half points, that's probably where I would be leaning uh, in this game. Although I respect the Vikings. I like the Vikings overall this season. Um, I think that they've overachieved based on their record. And I think the Cardinals might have a, a little bit of a shot of sneaking up on some people here. I would not be looking to bet Arizona first half, though. We know their struggles early on in the first quarter. This would be a full game bet for me. The Steelers haven't won in uh, Philadelphia since 1965 when I was in my mother's womb. That blows my mind. And the Steelers just keep blowing chances to win games. It, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out how they beat the Buccaneers. But they went right back to losing against the Dolphins and Pickett blew it at the end of the game. Yeah, look, the, the Eagles are, are one of these teams that it's like they are going to give you their best shot early to ensure that they're going to get a, a win. And then they're going to just 
preserve. Like they're going into preservation mode. They're they're calling some things that are going to confuse you when you go back to look at their games and you say, well, what does this team do? What do they like to utilize? And you're seeing all these things in the second half of the game. It's just going to confuse you because it's not really what they're using a lot in the first half to build these leads. It's just what they're using late to try to mess up some of their tendencies. Uh, I think the Philadelphia Eagles do have the upper hand. They do have the success. They are the better team. Um, but you're going to be wanting to back the Eagles in the first half, not late. And I'm worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers in general here. Uh, but the one thing I will say is this. They are continuing to fight. They are continuing to battle. Um, and I'm not looking to bet against the Steelers for the full game. But I think they are going to have to claw their way back into this one, just like they did against the Miami Dolphins late. And it is possible against this Eagles team that you can do that. But we're going to have to see Kenny Pickett look a lot better and play a lot better because that Dolphins defense is not as good as this Eagles defense is. Tennessee looks like they're starting to gain uh, you know, a foothold on the top of the South. They got it done against the Colts, got Matt Ryan benched. And now they go to Houston. You like the Titans in this spot on the road? I don't, and it's mainly because I don't yet know how healthy Ryan Tannehill is, and I do think that he plays a big role here. Uh, the Houston Texans' run defense has been bad. They're allowing yards before contact. They're y allowing yards after contact. So for that reason, you're going to need a Tennessee Titans team uh, to get – they're going to have support on the ground, but what if it's Malik Willis? What if it's 85% uh, Ryan Tannehill? I'm just not sure what you're going to get there from that critical position yet. So I bet absolutely nothing on this game. Um, look, I, I like the Titans a little bit heading into last week. I didn't bet them plus the seven, but they barely missed my card. Obviously, that wouldn't have won, but they gave them a good game in the first half there. Um, we know that Davis Mills has massive road versus home splits. He plays much, much better at home. So keep that in mind when you're looking to bet this game. Washington at Indy at Lucas Oil and Sam Ellinger is now in charge. Imagine that. Yeah, this one is interesting to me, Scott, because it feels like the owner made this decision. And the owner's like, I'm tired of us going out there and getting has-been quarterbacks. I know we got Nick Foles. He probably gives us a better chance to win. I don't care. We drafted this kid. Let's play him. If we lose, let's draft a quarterback next year. I'm tired of the way that we've been operating this program for so many years now. If that's the case, then that does not bode well this week. The other thing that's interesting is Sam Ellinger, the drop-off from him last year. Remember, week 17, Carson Wentz was about to start that game uh, on Monday. He comes down with COVID. They say that Ellinger might go. That line was Colts minus eight, dropped all the way down to Colts minus one and a half. In that he was worth that many points to the spread. Now he's worth only one point to move from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger. It does not feel like a lot. I feel like the Washington Commanders has a little bit of value in this spot. They're going to be able to stop the run game to some extent of the Indianapolis Colts, and they're very good at getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and it doesn't sound like a great matchup for me if I'm looking to back the Indianapolis Colts here. Uh, respectfully, I got 30 seconds. What are the Bills going to do to the Packers in Orchard Park? I don't know. A lot of nasty, filthy things, potentially. I think that this Packers team is struggling on both sides of the ball. I think their defense is worse than what it comes off at. And I'm wondering if, the, if this is a situation where Aaron Rodgers ends up sitting in the fourth quarter because the Bills have just put up too many points in the first three quarters. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk about the Bengals' new problem. No Jamar Chase. We're talking to our lead NFL analyst, Warren Sharp on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found you. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Well, we wrap it up from the BetMGM Sportsbook and Lounge at the MGM National Harbor with our lead NFL analyst, Warren Sharp. Warren, uh, you lose six touchdowns, and Mr. Chase, from that attack, the Bengals were just starting to roll, and their defense started playing good, and they're winning, and then to lose Chase, now they got to go into Cleveland without him, and he's going to be out four to six weeks. Looks like he's going on IR. This is huge. It is huge. It's massive. Um, One of the things that the Cincinnati Bengals started to do offensively over the last few weeks that really helped to jumpstart their offense, in part, was to use a lot more 11 personnel. I'll read off some of the numbers here. Over the first four weeks, they were using 79% 11 personnel. They jumped up by almost 20%, up to 98% 11 personnel. That's three wide receiver sets, obviously. That means Chase is out on the field a ton. If they aren't able to use so many 11 uh, personnel sets out there because Chase isn't there and they want to use more tight end sets out there. Uh, that is going to hurt this offense because what using so much 11 was getting them to do is they were playing a lot more in shotgun, 20% higher shotgun rate than the first month of the season. And it resulted in fewer box, uh, heavy boxes by opposing defenses. 11 personnel, a lot of shotgun, many more light boxes. It helped their run game get going as well. So Chase not being there might not just impact the passing game, but also the running game for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. So, I mean, he's still got Higgins and Boyd. Boyd's come up big for him. They still have Mixon. Do you think they'll adjust and still be successful? Well, they'll definitely adjust. Being successful, I do think he he, uh, is going to lower it. He's such an explosive after-the-catch receiver. You get the ball in his hands on an easy route from Joe Burrow to throw, and he's going to make something with it. I think their upside is definitely decreased without him there. He's still only one player, but he's a big-time part of that offense and what defenses really had to plan for. Uh, It's going to affect him this week on Halloween against the Cleveland Browns as well as over the next several weeks while he's gone. All right, have a great Halloween, Warren. Fantastic, informative stuff today, per usual. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks so very much. We'll see you again next week. Have a good weekend. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.